All right, I'm rolling. You sound like you're about to roll out there, Dustin. Autobots, roll out. Roll out. The, I was going to say roll out the Xanax. That's not the medicine I was... <laughs> the Mucinex. Mucinex. Roll out the Mucinex. Dayquil. <laughs> I suppose Xanax helps too, maybe. I need Sudafed. Sam, get to the CVS. Hurry. Hurry. I need Sudo. <laughs> It's allergy-ish or a cold. I don't know what. It's it's nothing and everything. It always reminds me of one of my favorite Simpsons jokes ever was uh, Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and he's, he, he's uh, it's like a, a, just a typical checkup or whatever. And he goes to the doctor. He's like, tell me straight, doc, am I sick? And the doctor's like, well, Mr. Burns, you have everything, but it cancels each other out and you're perfectly fine. You're free to go. <laughs> You know how I uh, told you my, my daughter watches The Simpsons? Yeah. My son watches them now, too. Really? My seven-year-old watches The Simpsons. Yep. Whatever he That's gets funny. access to on Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure he's going to... Like, my daughter, it's like, okay, like, other than, like, you know, references she's too young to understand, she's yeah. smart enough to understand the show. Sure. I'm not sure what he's going to get out of it. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's younger than she is. Is well yeah, read. It's yellow people and Bart's mischievous. Well, I'm afraid that he's just gonna like imitate all like the buffoon characters without understanding the context of why they're funny. Yeah. He's just yep. gonna like pretend to burp real loud and Yeah, he's gonna be Barney. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try to sound like Barney a lot. And I just I think all the nuance and satire won't reach him yet. Yeah. And it'll be a net negative. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm also uh, not worried enough to put a stop to it. So, sure. It really is a a needless complaint, I suppose. Sure. All right, Dustin. Um, so, I'm going to put this one out toward the end of October. Okay. Um, on the 27th. So, this will be the last episode people hear of us before Halloween. Mm. So, I did something yesterday that I never do, which is I saw a social media post and I took immediate action based on what it was. <laughs> yes. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I was on Instagram and I was, I was scrolling through there and I saw your, well, not your post, but your post. Um, yeah. so you've got your movie room, the room you're in right now, yes. the eponymous movie room has yes. an Instagram account. Yes, it does. Inside the movie room. And yes. First of all, it's really cool because uh, every single one of your posts is like super photogenic. <laughs> like every every time I see them, I'm like, shit, man, that that's it's good looking. Um, the, the secret is Adobe Lightroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, um, but uh, a lot of work went into the room itself uh, before it went into Lightroom. Um, so I'm looking on here, and then I see this. Nice arrangement of this Psycho Blu-ray. When did you get that? When did you get this uh, this Blu-ray Psycho? Uh, I've had the Blu-ray for a while. the 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 thing behind it is newer. Uh, so right behind it, you'll see like a a double page spread yeah. that's about Psycho. That's actually uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, masterpiece collection uh, Blu-ray, which has man, I don't even know like. 
15, 20 Hitchcock movies in it. And, um, yeah, there and so Psycho's in it. So right. I, I have two copies of Psycho on Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, I just I felt like that added to the photo. But uh but yeah, man. Um I've had Psycho for a while on Blu-ray and I think it's on 4K now and I, I always debate on it, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much you can get out of like a 4K black and white film, sure. I feel like. But then I'm also like, yeah, but I'm a purist. If so I, one day, if I can see it better, I'd like to see it better. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I saw that post and, um, I was like, Oh, that's cool. And so I was reading it and I just thought it was cool. And then you'd written like, you know, no better time of year to watch psycho. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen psycho. Oh, so I was like, oh, where's psycho. Yeah. And psycho is available in a couple of places. And I was like, all right. So I, I commented challenge accepted and I wasn't yeah, sure yeah. if you would, realized that I was literally about to stop what I was doing and watch Psycho. <laughs> I did not know that. So, no. I, or if I had ever seen the film before. Right. So, um, anyways, so I watched Psycho. Here we have a quiet little motel, when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. You have a vacancy? Oh, we have 12 vacancies. You know, this is the first place it looks like it's hiding from the world. I think that we're all in our private traps, clamped in them. And none of us can ever get out. Is anyone at home? Oh, that, that, uh, that must be my mother. as if there's something wrong. She's not missing so much as she's run away. Put me down. Mother, oh God, mother! What are you running away from? She looked like a wrong one to you. It's not as if she were a, a maniac. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Which a film you've seen countless times, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Psycho. Everyone ought to know it's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Written by Joseph Stefano, Stefano, based on the book by Robert Block, starring Anthony Perkins, Vera Miles, John Gavin, Martin Balsam, John McIntyre, and Janet Lee. So this is Psycho, everyone. I mean, if, if you clicked on a movie podcast, um, you've heard of Psycho. I'm yeah, yeah. I'd be shocked if you... <laughs> heard everything I just said and was like, who? What um, is this? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Psycho. It's it's a classic. It's in the National Film Registry. It's one of the yeah. most famous movies ever made. Yep. Um, and well-known even to people who don't like follow cinema. People have heard of Psycho. They've heard the music. They know about the shower scene. They've heard yep. of Norman Bates. Um, and they've certainly heard of Alfred Hitchcock. So, um. I'll say this. I don't have many thoughts about the movie. I I took some notes while I was watching it, but I mainly was just like, for me, I've never seen this film before. Sure. Um, And so it's a blind spot for me. 
And mm. it's one of those things I was just like, I have, and it's not that I've got anything against psycho. It's just one of those things where I've absorbed so much of it through the cultural consciousness that there yep. was no like pull to, to yeah. finally see it. Um, so as I said, it was available. I could either get it on like, I don't know. There's some service that had it like, and then uh, the other Peacock Peacock had it. And then there was, um, Amazon was like, if you want to do a AMC plus trial, you could do that. And I was like, well, I already did that when we watched Kevin can fuck himself. I don't think it's going to work again. Yeah. I tried. I was like, Hey, I want a free trial of AMC plus. They're like, okay, cool. You're in. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I feel like I snuck back into the theater. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, uh, uh, so I, I started free trial, watched this film and canceled it uh, three hours later. There you um, go. So if you want to watch, if you've never seen Psycho, or if you're just like, oh, it's been a while since I've seen Psycho, but I don't own it. Uh, that's one way you could watch it. Um, yep. Of course, if you like the movie, you could just buy it on physical. Yep. Um, it's going to be better than than my experience, which was I had, it, I think, four commercial breaks during this. Oof. Uh, so that was strange. Always. Yeah. It's always yeah. during really old movies. When I was watching Judgment at Nuremberg, yeah, a film about you know post post war Nazi tr- tr- uh, war crimes trials. You get a commercial yeah. for like Doctor Scholl's or boner pills, yeah. right? That's weird. <laughs> yep, the juxtaposition is quite strange. Psycho, uh, it's it's great. Uh, there's a reason it's a it's a classic. Um, it's funny. I was reading about it after I watched it, and at the time. People were like, I don't know about this because it was like really different from North by Northwest, which came before it, which yeah. I love. I actually, I own North by Northwest on Blu-ray. Yeah, got, North by Northwest is great. Yeah, I, I I very much love that movie. And that's another really yeah. influential Hitchcock yeah. movie. Um, it wasn't until like, you know, years after Psycho that it kind of became like Psycho, like known for its yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, the read up on this even mentioned the Hayes Code. Oh uh, yeah, the infamous Hayes Code because there were so many things in this movie. So this movie was released when the Hayes Code was still in in place, but it was mm-hmm. it was at the point in its where nobody was enforcing it. Like yeah. filmmakers, yeah. studios, everyone sort of just realized like the uh, Hayes Code is meaningless. Um, yeah, it's yep. it's really uh, been it's in place in name only. It's it's dead. So yep. uh, the film contains a lot of stuff that 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 wouldn't have been okay to show. Um, yeah. Based on the Hayes Code, like um, an unmarried couple in bed together, mm-hmm. um, which the film uh, opens in. Opens with, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, references to like deviant behavior, um, vi- you know, the, the level of violence that's shown in the movie. It's so weird because like we think of it from a modern lens, like you couldn't have a, an unmarried couple having a tryst in a hotel room. Like right. they're not even having an affair. They're just not married. Right. Like they're, they're not, they're not, they're, they're not cheating on their spouses. It's just, just meeting up and doing it. It, it was, it was sort of like a middle finger to that, like yeah. uh, opening it with, with that, you know what I mean? Like it was, it, but that's not the only thing about the film that was kind of taboo. The film, I think in general was seen as taboo, mm-hmm. um, for a lot of reasons, which we'll get into, but, um, it, it had a bunch of, you know, stuff that kind of bucked the, the trend at the time and, uh, movies. And, and you're right. Like we, we watch it through our modern lens and go, Oh, how tame, you know, like yeah. this seems very tame, but then it was not, it was anything but, and, right. um, it was 1960. 
It was 1960. And, and you have to think like th- this is, so this is before like, you know, free love hippie stuff. And yeah. this is before, you know, uh, the Beatles and the Stones made rock and roll what it was. And yeah. like this, was, this was pre everything, you know, it was, it's, it's crazy. And, um, but yeah, like even the horror, right? Like I called this a horror movie. And I think there are some people who, who say, no, this isn't a horror movie. I, I think it very much is, yeah. but it's a precursor to what we now know as the horror movie. Yeah. It, it's like the granddaddy of all of that. Um, it's a slasher. Yes, it's like a, the first it's, slasher. Yeah. It's, it's a slasher and it's, um, you know, tense and it's taut and there's murder and, uh, and all kinds of, uh, malevolent behavior. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but, um, but for, for, for us now watching it, we're like, Oh, like nothing happens. Like it's very tame, but for them, yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. Like that shower scene is, is nuts. In 1960, you would have lost your mind over that. Yeah. Obviously we're going to spoil psycho if you've never seen it, but like I, I, so I knew some stuff about it. So I knew, I knew a little bit about Norman Bates. I knew, uh, as the film went on, I would go, Oh, that's right. He's, he's doing this. Cause the, the film begins and I just forget everything. I just know Norman Bates isn't a good guy. Um, I don't yeah. remember if he himself kills her. I also wasn't aware that there was a body count beyond her. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then, um, and then by halfway through the film, I was like, Oh, that's right. He's like cross-dressing as his mom, but I forgot yeah. that his mom was dead, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's so, yeah. Um, so there's some, so I didn't have all the suspense of a first time watcher, but considering the film came out, what's 60, 63 years ago. Uh, um, yeah, right. You know, that's man, that's, that's pretty, crazy. pretty good. Uh, that, I, that I yeah. <laughs> made it without knowing absolutely everything. Right. Um, Cause you're right. You know, the, everybody knows so much just through cultural osmosis. Like yeah. I remember being like 10 or 11 or something and I'm in guitar lessons and one of the kids in, in guitar lessons is like, Hey, if you take your pick and strum up near the tuners, it sounds like psycho. And like, we all did that. And it was like, Oh, cool. But I didn't know what psycho was. Right. I knew what that music was, but I did not know what psycho was. Yeah. That music was used all over the place and yeah, it was used parodied in commercials, and, I think like, yeah, it's in everything. There'd be like a stain or something. <gasps> yeah. So get the Swiffer mop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the movie, so the movie opens with, uh, with, with our, well, our, you know, the main character, um, uh, what's her face? Marion Crane. Marion Crane. Played by Janet Lee. And, um, her and this and her, her boyfriend, Sam are, you know, talking about, um, just life and how they're both kind of don't have enough money to do stuff. Um, yeah. Can't get married. Can't really, you know, the Sam's, Sam's got, Sam unloads on her about his wife's alimony. After a while I was like, Hey man. Too much. Hold up. Hold too, up. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Stop. Stop complaining. Right. Um, anyway. So, <laughs> um, so Marion, uh, I don't even know where she works. She works at like a, she, it's like a, it's like a real estate thing, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's right. She works at some kind of like capital investment or something. Yeah. yeah. Broker thing. Anyway, she yeah. works somewhere where they handle property and, um, basically this, rich guy comes in and uh with the boss and their buddies and he's like hey i got i'm paying paying for this house uh with cash and he needs to check it out 40 grand pretty cool right yeah and um like anyway uh we're gonna go out and get some drinks see ya and the boss is like hey take that to the bank and deposit it i really don't want cash you know 
in the building over the weekend. It's like, that's a lot of money. Okay. So she goes home sick and then decides to embezzle it. She decides to, to to run off with the cash. And, um, this was back when $40,000 was life changing. So I looked it up. Do you know what $40,000 is today? No. What's the, what's the inflation? $400,000. Okay. It's gone up tenfold. Got it. Which is depressing too, but yep. um, but the purchasing power of forty grand in nineteen sixty is a little over, uh, right around four hundred thousand dollars, which sure. is like you know definitely enough to buy a house, yeah, uh, and you know run away with. So yep, um, yeah, it's life changing. So she 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 flees, and then uh, at some point uh, in Arizona, she has to she she. It's, you know, the weirdest thing, I don't want to like tiptoe, th- I'm not going to tiptoe through every story beat, but these are just things I noticed because I knew, I just knew, no, I knew nothing of the setup. I didn't know how she came yeah, to yeah. be in, at, at the Bates Motel. So I feel really bad for her, even though she kind of, at the beginning, I, I feel like she sucks and she's selfish. Like, yeah. you know, cause not only I was thinking about it, like not only did she steal this money and okay, we don't like the businessman, but my problem was her boss is a nice guy and yeah. he's going to like, this is going to, this is going to ruin his business. Yep. Uh, he's going to lose a client. And, yep. you know, so I remember thinking like, you know what, if only her boss was kind of an asshole, we'd be like, yeah, Mary and take the money. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But because he's nice, you go, oh, oh, come why on. Why did you do that? Right. Which maybe is like a staple of the slasher. Like if the character has to somewhat, you have to feel like they've somewhat earned <laughs> their the, ill, the death. their yep. ill fate, you know, because they, yep. they did something wrong immoral yes. immoral yes um <laughs> and uh if 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 sleeping with a with an un with an unmarried man wasn't wasn't wrong enough dustin uh she, yeah she's a thief she's a thief, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a thief of valor and she's a yes. thief of money correct so uh so then she falls asleep in her she sleeps in her car whatever this cop wakes her up and the cop is like really aggressive for like no reason yeah He's, yep. The camera's so close on his face. Yeah. And he's just like, so where are you going? She's like, I'm going to go. And he's like, why? Like, it's yeah. just kind of like, okay, yep. whatever. So she finally gets creeped out because the cops following her. So she just goes and <laughs> I never, I didn't understand the scene either. She goes to a used car lot with the yep. idea of like, I'm going to, you know, get a new car. But the yep. cop follows her and he's sitting across the street. So it's like, okay, it's not really worth it. He can see which car you're buying. Right. <laughs> Just keep driving. Yeah. I don't know. I thought yeah. that was weird. But the car salesman's even pushier than the cop is. The car salesman comes up. Yeah. And the media, I was like, he's like, he comes, hey, uh, what kind of trouble are you going to be? And she's like, what? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, the first customer of the day is always trouble. So if that's you, like, you know, I don't want to. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is your problem, buddy? <laughs> I know, right? It's like right I off just the bat. Here. Where, do, where do you get off? You know? Right. He's He's got all this anxiety. He's like, hey, do you want the usual day and a half to think it over? I was like, okay, that was that was uncalled for, sir. Yeah, that's, that's a little much. Yeah, right. <laughs> a day and a half. She's like, yeah. Do you want me to buy this fucking car or not? I have money. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyway, so for a while, I thought the movie was going to play a little bit more with her paranoia because I was like, she, she imagining all this like strange aggression or is this, Yeah. they never really paid off that yep. behavior, but it does yep. work to heighten the tension a little bit. Yeah. Um, because she has done something wrong. You're worried yep. that the police is the policeman is somehow on to her. Yep. I'm not sure that he is. I think he's yep. just, <laughs> he's just being a creep. Yeah. Um, so she she finds her way to the Bates Motel. She meets Norman. I thought Anthony Perkins was really great. 
Dude, he's fantastic in this movie. His his acting was so not what I'm used to in movies made around this time. It's it's so it's, it's very it, modern. It, it's very modern. It doesn't have like that stiff mid Atlantic like we'll say you know like mm-hmm. like every other actor in the movie has, especially uh Sam. He, like hey, yeah. I mean I don't like the I don't like the idea of doing this and you just yeah you know yep. sounds like stock 1950s man the Bates, the Bates boy is, yeah the Bates is, boy yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's it's crazy. Anthony Perkins is totally natural yeah. and colloquial and calm, very relaxed. Like, there's no, there's nothing heightened about his performance. I I, I wrote here, this man's a goober. Yeah, yeah, I, totally. I, that f- and from that first scene, he's eating dinner with her. I'm like, this guy's just a goober. Yes. And, but, but what's crazy with that scene, it's so beautifully shot, like with the taxidermy behind him yeah. and, and all of these weird, awkward angles that kind of make you feel unsettled. Like he's a yeah. goober, yeah. but you, you understand He'd that Marion's Marian, <laughs> uncomfortable, yeah. right? Like it, it, it's not necessarily you, but it's everything else that makes me uncomfortable. But I don't know, maybe you. You can tell Marion is from the Southwest because she's like- Oh, all this stuffed animals is weird. If she'd driven into Alabama or Georgia, yeah, right. like, listen, yeah. this is normal. This is normal. This yeah, is normal. totally normal. I don't even hunt. I bought this at a flea market. Right. Yeah, it was exactly. fucking cool. What do you I think? It was cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's that first scene. I was yep. like, oh, I like Norman. And then like, he kind of gets angry toward the end of it. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I see a little bit a of little why we should. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't totally trust Norman. Yep. And then, um, and then the painting comes off the wall. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh great, okay. this dude's a creep. Yeah, he's a creep. It's one of those movies with with the rewatch value where you once you understand what's going on with him and his mother, yeah. and his split personality, they have a different actor voicing Mrs. Bates. Can't give away that this woman's dead, so it's got to be right. But so obviously. <laughs> Norman's Norman's voice acting isn't that good in real life, but yeah, regardless, yeah. what it tells you is that he is talking out loud as his mother to himself. Yes. Um, yes. And um, it all holds up when you, if you think about that kind of every, you know, when he moves her, it's not like you see like a, an alive woman's kicking and going like, Hey, put me down. It just yep. looks kind of like bad ADR and like a dummy. Yep. And you just yep. dismiss it as like, Oh, it's just kind of like a quick little right. cheap shot and no, no, no big deal. Um, yeah, and then later when you realize it's a corpse, you're like, "Oh, that's right! Oh. Like it never moved. We never saw her. Yeah, you know, there, there's nothing. There's no cheats. There's nothing that she moved that he. You know, she, every time that Norman's, you know, when they see her in the window and Norman's like down there on the on the porch with whoever the guest is, she doesn't move. It's just her right her whatever taxidermied corpse, taxidermied corpse up there just standing in the in the window light. Um. So it, it, it holds up under scrutiny, uh, which is yeah, that, always satisfying. Yeah, for sure. I've seen this movie several times and it, it is true. If you go back and watch these scenes with Norman, you start to pick up on the nuances in his performance. Um, as when he, whenever he talks about her, whenever he brings her up, there's a caginess. It's, yeah. it, it, you know, I think Norman is both aware that he's his mother and unaware of it. Yeah. And, and I think at times it slips. Um, and so y- you see a caginess around any mention of his mother. Um, uh, and, and I think that's just, you know, him, right? Like he's protecting his own, uh, psyche from what he's done. Um, the private eye was great. 
Yeah. That guy kind of catching him like Norman. I, I sort of expected Norman to do a little bit better under under scrutiny, but like, sure, you know, he forgets already that he said, oh, yeah, we don't do the guest book. And he's like, well, you just said you did, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Already. And I was like, oh, shit, he's got him. Uh, you know? Yeah. The the private dick. He's got him. Yep. Got him. Um, Oh, but he takes a knife to the face. He does take a knife. To, my One of my favorite <laughs> low key, like my favorite part of the movie is um when he's sinking the car. Yeah. First of all, I was like. Again, this is 1960s, so he's not thinking about forensics and stuff. Right. He sure. drives the car in the back. I was like, man, around the back. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. The tire yep. tracks, man. You know, yep. but of course, no one's looking at tire tracks in that time. Right. Um, so he drives it around and there's just conveniently a, a, a murder bog that's just there yes. to have bodies dumped in it. <laughs> Correct. And he, he, you know, puts the car in there and it sinks. And for a second, it, it doesn't go deep enough. And my first thought was like, what the fuck was your plan, buddy? Yeah. If the right. car didn't go all the way down. What were you going to, you know, pull it back out? You know, yep. throw some mud on top of it. I, I thought for a second that it would not sink all the way. Yeah. And that he was going to have to go get like some giant banana leaves and tree some branches. Yeah. <laughs> just, just painstakingly yep. cover it with yep. a mound of, of, of That's fantastic. That'd be great. And so, because I was like, what's your, what's your plan? Are you, do you care? Are you just going to leave it? I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then yeah, it, yeah. it sinks further and he kind of smiles like, ooh. Yeah. He, he uh, <laughs> But and but then my thought was, all right, well, how many people has he killed? Because you can't put any more cars back there. There's no more room. Right. Anyway, I was just yeah. I, I it got me thinking like Yeah, totally. Like a six foot deep hole or whatever. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Could have been could have been worse. That was a gamble. Because if, it if was. You, even if you did manage to pull it out, you gotta like now you have to drive a mud covered car down the highway to some other poor poor sap. Murder bog. Prob- yeah, murder <laughs> bog. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna go. That's kind of weird. It looks like someone tried to sink that car, and then come on down to Jim's Murder Bog. Yeah, we got we got plenty of room. <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> you got the grease. We got the. Uh, okay, <laughs> we lost steam on that one. I was too busy realizing that I can't add any more gravel to my voice without okay. completely destroying my throat. <laughs> And my go-to for all of those voices are, you know, gravelly, gravelly Southern accent, man. We've got the geese. <laughs> if you come, come down in the murder bog, if you put, uh, if, if you, if you <laughs> purchase two, uh, car length plots with us, we'll throw in a free geese. <laughs> Walk away with the yes. geese. <laughs> I don't think he did it, but he did have a goose with him and that was weird. And I heard about Jim's murder bog. They're giving away geese for using the murder bog plots. Oh. I think this man may have done it. He may have bought a plot. Yeah. Why do we still let Jim's murder bog operate? Because he, he, he gives, he gives the perpetrators very obvious, um, tells like a fucking goose <laughs> and we end up catching these people. Jim's actually a cop. Jim's an informant. <laughs> All these criminals are like, Hey, a free goose. What's my lucky a fr- day? A murder bog. How much does this cost? I killed my ex-wife and I got a free goose. <laughs> uh, All we ask is for your name, social security number, and who you murdered. The plot's free. Where it took place. And your fingerprints. We'd like those two. Yes. Anything I can give to the police. I, I mean, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the raffle tickets. To, to win another goose. <laughs> so uh, he puts the car in the murder bog and um, 
And he just, and then, but people keep showing up looking for Mary and he's like, ah, shit, got to kill the private eye. Yeah. Um, he was, man, he was close to killing, uh, to killing, um, uh, Lila. Lila. <laughs> so yeah. That was terrifying. So there's, there's several shots in the movie that are like, would be jump scares and extremely horrifying to, to any first time viewers. So I knew about the shower yeah, yeah. scenes. I'm like, okay, sure. I, I, I'm scared, but I'm not like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But there's one shot that it freaked me out when, when he runs into the basement after she, she, mm. she, she finds Norman, Norma's corpse. Yeah. So that's unsettling, but you're like, yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a skeleton. It's cool. Right. Right. But then right. you hear the running footsteps behind her and then you're like, that's what like set me on edge. And he bursts through the door and it's his, like, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a dress. He's got a wig on the wig. The knife is up already. And he has this weird, like, yeah, it's not even a grin. It's like a, yeah. Like he's, his mouth is like super wide open teeth yep. are showing and it was like i don't know if it was like this primal animal thing where it's just like i was just like oh my oh jesus i was like yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah it was creepy and then it is fortunately sam shows up i think in the same frame and yeah. grabs him but i was i was about to piss myself <laughs> i know because you know there's no way out like, yeah exactly yeah. as soon as she goes down there it's like okay at the very least, close the. I always think about this kind of stuff in horror movies. Like, close the door yeah. because if he looks down the stairwell and sees the door open, well, then he's got you. He's got you. If the door's shut, at least he goes. Maybe she's not there. Yeah, but open door. It's like okay, she's definitely in my basement. She's definitely there. <laughs> she's found my mom's body. Right. But uh, if you close it, at the very least, you hear the thing open, right? And exactly. Uh, but as soon as she went down there, I was like, oh man, she's either going to die or this is where we catch him because he's going to find her. Yep. So it reminded totally. me a little bit of the, the, the of the Trunchbull's basement in Matilda. And so like for briefly, I was <laughs> yeah. like, maybe there's a strange, weird way out of this, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like covered, nope. covered mops and brooms or whatever was in her right. house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's funny. Loud toys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, you know, they catch Norman and then the cop explains, the cop does the, the exposition at the end where he's like, you see, she had a split personality and, you know, explains it. Yeah. Of course, you know, in 2023, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. we got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But at that time, people would be like, a what? Yeah. Split a what? Split personality. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I almost kind of like, too, that like the last shot, well, the second to last shot, but the last shot of the film, and Norma is basically saying, I had to throw Norman under the bus, but I couldn't yeah. have people thinking I was a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yep. Which is exactly what a crazy person who thinks he's a dead woman would say. Yeah. She wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, I couldn't. And the fly lands on his face. I didn't even see that. Yeah, dude. Oh, wow. I saw like the skull. They kind of see skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, In the middle. But like, and then they cross dissolves to the car being found and everything. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's... um. It's great, man. Like one of the things I love about this movie, because when I saw it, I was, it, I, it was early enough that I hadn't been spoiled on a lot of it. Okay. And so like, I knew there was a murder in a shower and that's right. basically all I knew. I didn't know who did it. I didn't know anything about it. I had never heard the name Norman Bates. Like I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, And so a lot of this movie was a surprise for me, which yeah. was great. Um, 
And so one of the things that I loved was that they set this character, Marion, up as our protagonist. Yeah. She's the inciting incident. She's propelling the story forward. She is making the decision that that sets all of this in motion, right? So it's not a story-driven film. It's a character-driven film. Yeah. Without Marion making this choice to steal this money, none of this happens. No movie. Um, and so they set her up and you would think then that she would be almost murdered and the rest of the movie would be about her doing something. Yeah. But then the, our protagonist dies yep. at the end of the first act. And, and this is such a strange thing because anybody that knows me knows how much I, I believe in and adhere to, you know, the traditional, like save the cat storytelling, the hero's journey, yeah. all of this stuff. So you don't do that. You don't set up a character with no payoff. But the whole point of this is that she, she like her life is happening and then it's gone. It's yep. just snuffed out and gone yeah. and pointless. And all of it was for nothing. Um, and so it, it's this weird thing where a lot of, a, a lot of what Hitchcock does in this has put you in this uncomfortable seat you are in the tight close-ups with Marion as she struggles with her paranoia. You are in the close-ups of uh, these, like I said, these uncomfortable, awkward angles in her interaction with Norman. You are in it and you're feeling it just like she is. Um, now you're privy to some information that she's not. Like he has a painting that he can look through and see you naked. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know that, but we do. And so we're able to see all of this kind of unfold thinking that she is going to be our lead, but then she's not. And, and, and that's such a brilliant move because it puts you on edge immediately to think, okay, a nobody's safe. Anybody else in this film can die. Yeah. If our protagonist can die, anyone can die. And two, it does this crazy thing where then it like flips and you think, okay, so now, I don't know, maybe Norma's the protagonist. But then it's like, oh, well, no, maybe Lila's the protagonist. Yeah. Um, and so you never really know after that. Like, you're in this weird, chaotic world uh, because of this murderer. And it's it's such a brilliant decision because it puts you as the audience member on edge. You don't know what's happening next because structure has just been thrown out the window. Yeah, our point now, of view character has been murdered. Right. Now the structure is still there, right? You can still clearly identify your first third, first, second, and third act. You can still clearly identify all of this, but the, the appearance of the structure being completely broken is, uh, is there. And, mm -hmm. and you now are, are left, um, uneasy. And I think that that's a brilliant decision. And I don't know enough about the book to know if it happens like that in the book, but, um, but I do know that like the movie's choice to do that is is brilliant and it, it it's one, one of my favorite things about this movie is actually like a a meta thing so in the real world um hitchcock had these standees made that were delivered to theaters when the film was being uh exhibited and it was like a full-size cutout of himself with a watch and it was like no one gets into psycho late and the the edict that went out to theaters was when the when the movie starts, the doors are locked. You don't go into Psycho late because the whole point was we want you to think that 
Like you're in it from the beginning. You don't show up 10 minutes late and you don't get the experience of knowing that Marion is your protagonist. Well, and just even more brass tacks than that. Like if you, you don't know who Sam is. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, if you miss that first scene, you don't see that guy again until she's dead. Exactly. He just comes out of the back of the hardware store or whatever. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Who cares? Yep. And then, and then they also did these, this thing where it was like, um, Hitchcock was like, don't, don't talk about this movie. Like it was basically like a, a, another poster or whatever. There was like, like, don't tell anyone about this. It was like treated as this huge marketing, like hush, hush thing, which of course drove people to the cinemas because the idea is like, well, like if you're telling people not to spoil it, if the director is saying, don't spoil this movie. Yeah then there must be something cool that happens here and they're not letting people in late. So like, we've got to go, this is an event. And, um, and that's, that's an awesome thing. And I think that's happened a few times since where directors are like, there's spoiler, there's spoilers abound, you know, don't, don't tell your friends. But, um, but this was, I don't know, maybe the first case of it. Um, this movie made a lot of money. So the budget was like less than a million dollars. It's like $800,000. Yeah. So it says here that it made $50 million. Wow. Think of like a 50 fold return on, on your, on your investment. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. 50 million on an $806,000. So that'd be akin to making like 200 million today. If we do it times four. Well, times heck times 10. I mean, if, if 40,000 in those days is, four, oh, is right. 400,000. Yeah. Like yeah. Half yeah. a billion dollars. Yeah, Totally. That's yeah, that's crazy. Which is insane to think of for for a slasher, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even the screen movies can't make that much money these days. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy and it it, it it was a cultural phenomenon and and it was for for good reason, right? It wasn't just uh, you know, uh smoke and mirrors, like it's yeah. an actually good movie. Yeah. And and like I said, very different from um, what's from what people are getting at the time. Yeah, exactly. Totally different. Yeah. Um you know, and, and part of that too is like, bear in mind, we had already moved to color, right? So this is like a step back to black and white. That's right. Yeah. This is like North, North by Northwest. His previous color. film was in color. Yeah. Um, so this is a step back to black and white. This is, you know, like we said, bucking a lot of the uh, studio norms, right? Showing your unmarried couple in bed. Uh, I, I I don't know if this is a fact or not, but there was a, this big thing like this you know, urban myth that this is the first film to show a toilet. Yeah. I read, I read that. Is that true? Yeah. It's uh, let me see. It's right here. Another cause of concern for the censors is that Marion was shown flushing a toilet with its contents, torn up notepaper, fully visible. No flushing toilet had appeared in mainstream film and television in the United States at that time. There you go. So it shows a flushing toilet. It also, everyone said it showed nudity. It doesn't. No. It does not show any nudity, but the the quick cutting, which I feel like we have to talk about that shower scene because yeah. the the editing in that shower scene was so uh precisely done that it it uh gave the appearance, the illusion that you saw more than you did. Yeah. The shower scene so the shower scene took a week, seven day shoot for that that scene. Yeah. Um there's a whole lot of information on the shower scene. It's crazy how much like it's, there's, there's people wrote, wrote books about it. Actually, there's a book. Um, 
so there's there's a book uh, that was written in 2010 by called The Girl and Alfred Hitchcock's Shower, written by Robert Graysmith. Do you remember who that is? Mm, that sounds familiar. That's the the Jake Gyllenhaal character in the in Zodiac. Like that's the guy, that's the oh, guy, the cartoonist okay. from the Chronicle. Who, wow. Who started writing all those books about the Zodiac killer? He wrote a book. He just randomly, <laughs> like 15 years ago, was like, "I'm a." Do a little sidebar into Psycho real quick. <laughs> There's a fantastic documentary by a filmmaker named Alexander Philippe um, called 7852. Um, and it's all about, it's basically all about the shower scene, but it's about Psycho in general. 7852 refers to that shower scene had 78 unique camera setups and 52 cuts. Wow. Um, so just in that, in that one sequence alone. And that was unheard of. And, um, and it's a great documentary. Janet Lee didn't want to be nude. So she was using like pasties, moleskin, body stockings, that kind of stuff. Um, this is according to someone's, to Stephen Rubello's book, the Alfred Hitchcock and the making of psycho, the censors in charge of enforcing the production code wrangled with Hitchcock because some of them insisted they could see one of Lee's breasts Hitchcock held on to the print for several days, left it untouched, and resubmitted it for approval. Each of the censors reversed their positions. Those who had previously seen the breast now did not, and those who had not now did. Uh, they passed the film after the director removed one shot that showed the buttocks of Lee's stand-in. The board was also upset, by the way, by the racy opening, so Hitchcock said if they let him keep the shower scene, he would reshoot the opening of the film with the board on set, but because the board members did not show up for the reshoot, the opening stayed. <clears throat> he initially was going to have to t- tone that down and then they just didn't show up. It's like, good news, everyone. <laughs> we don't have to shoot today. Go home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But then the toilet thing you're talking about, um, you know, just a lot of there, there's, there's different um, versions of the movie for different um, countries as well. Just removing some of the violence and, um, visible blood and stuff like that. Um, apparently in 2020 universal put out the uncut version of the film on Blu-ray for the first time. I don't know what the uncut version is. I think Um, it adds like a minute and a half or something. It's, it's really kind of negligible, but it shows a little bit more blood. Yeah. There's still no nudity. Um, but it shows a little more blood I think is kind of the main thing. I think there's, um, there's the scene where Norman's watching um, Marion undress. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit longer, Got it. Um, but you still don't see anything. Um, it's just a little longer. Typically, but if I watch a, a classic film, I intend to, I, I expect to see its merits and whether yeah. or not I enjoy it kind of is a toss up. Like, all right, sure. You know, because of pace and all the, you know, modern sensibilities, other things that influence somebody yeah. my age watching a movie this old that was made, you know, shortly after my parents were born. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's always a treat when I go both go, Oh, that was well-made and Oh wow. Like that, that holds up like that. Yeah. That this storytelling holds up. The movie's not slow. It's yeah. not, there are lots of films made, you know, before the 1970s crawl, you know, yeah. and yeah. only a few of them, like this and judgment <clears throat> Nuremberg and um, uh, uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Like there's only a handful of movies before jaws where I go, Oh, this wasn't boring. Thank God. you know? Yeah. 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 The, the film is much more modern than it has any right to be. 
And you can you can still see, even in the latest Scream movies, you can see its influence. Yeah. Yeah. I think even in a couple of Scream movies, there's people like in showers and yeah. Ghostface approaches. And it's like, it's a clear reference to Psycho. Oh yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, I enjoyed this. I'm glad I uh I'm glad I decided to watch it and uh I'm I'm glad it's not a blind spot for me anymore, you know? Yes. Now I'll say this. There are three sequels. <laughs> yeah, there are. Um I believe all of which star Anthony Perkins and I think he directed one of them. Really? Um, okay, let me see. And um I've I've I saw the second one. The second one's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And I saw about half of the third one and never watched the fourth one. 1983. Wow. Yeah. And then Anthony Perkins directed Psycho 3. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the Freddie Highmore uh, Bates Motel TV show from a few years back, which starred uh, Freddie as Norman and uh, Vera Farmiga as Norma. And um, despite a rocky start, that actually ended up being a really good series. Were you telling me about that? And a, a worthy successor to Psycho. And Freddie Highmore does a great job. Like, I think he's a really good actor and really good for this role. Of course, nobody's Anthony Perkins, but he's great. And it's a modernization. And, you know, so there's there are certainly differences. But um, and if I remember right, I have to fact check myself now. But I believe Marion Crane is played by Rihanna. Season five, Marion Crane, Rihanna. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Oh, and Sam Loomis is in here. Okay, so does it does does the fifth season sort of butt up to the movie, basically? Yeah, it kind of readapts it. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm seeing Sam Loomis as a character here. And it also includes characters from earlier in the series. So yeah. it like, you it know, kind it. of merges the two worlds That's a little bit. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Cause before Bates motel, there was psycho, the beginning, there was the fourth one. And then there was the Gus Van Sant remake. Yes. Um, you know, with Vince Vaughn and which I've never seen, but I hear is terrible, yeah. but it's funny because that is a shot for shot remake. And, and I, th- I think the cultural sen- consensus on that was like, it's a shot for shot remake, but it shows that even if you put the camera in the same place mm-hmm. and even if you make the cuts in the same places, a, a director's vision is what makes it is what makes it sink. Right. And so not that Gus Van Sant's a, a bad filmmaker, but by only reappropriating what Hitchcock did, he failed to put his own unique spin on it and therefore rendered it useless. Um, not to mention the actors would have to, somehow also be as good as what came before. And, and I think the consensus on that is that they weren't again, I've never seen it, but yeah, I'm looking, there are some diversions from the original, but yeah, it's, it's almost entirely shot for shot remake. Yeah. Um, of course it's in color. So they could, they had to use fake blood. They couldn't use chocolate syrup like Hitchcock used yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for this film. Um, Several elements of the screenplay, including set in the film in contemporary 1998 and adjusting references to money that would be anachronistic in a modern day setting. Due to inflation, the amount of money stolen as stipulated in the original film was adjusted from 40000 to 400000 Okay. Okay. Which in 1998, it would have been 181000 mm-hmm. 1998. Wow. And inflation more than doubles. Wow. Between then and now. And what, now. 25 years, that is. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's crazy. 
where the 1960s film features little visual bloodletting on its murder sequences, Van Sant's film features more explicit violence, particularly during Marion Crane's murder sequence in the shower. In Van Sant's film, blood is shown streaming down the shower wall tiles as well as visible stab wounds to Crane's back. During the scene where Norman Bates spies on Marion through the peephole as she undresses, it's made explicit that Bates is touching himself <laughs> throughout these through the use of sound effects. Oof. Sound effects. I don't know about that. As well as Vaughn's performance, which suggested Bates' voyeuristic encounter ends. Okay. Yep. It ends. Well, uh, <laughs> see, here here's the thing. I I don't know. I don't I didn't view what Norman did as sexual. Like in, in many ways, I feel like Norman is a child. Yeah. And Norman was, was looking and out f- of curiosity. Felt some shame. Yeah. And out of yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, I have this desire, but, um, but I don't know what to do with it or why I have it. All I know is that I shouldn't have it. And my mother wouldn't want me to have it. Yeah. And so I keep it a secret. Yeah, I never saw that one, but yeah, I've, I've, what is the Rotten Tomatoes score? Let me see here. It Critical reception, 40. Yeah. Yeah. And this one has... 97. 97? Okay. Yeah. 97. There you go. All right. Well, that's Psycho, everybody. Yeah. Okie dokie. Have a happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Cheers. Cheers.